Well, hello, everyone. It's been a minute. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. When a lot do you has stop happened. saying Happy New Year? I think in February. I think when you... Well, in s- February? <laughs> You're part of the problem. <laughs> I was going to say, I think when you start wishing people another um, happy, happy holiday. Day. Yeah, happy not- Martin Luther King Day. That's like on the 15th. Yeah. No one says that, actually. No. I'm just trolling. I think... When the calendar, <laughs> when it's a new month, like you probably that's a stop. little much, Paris. Well, what if you don't see someone? Because you know how some people take really long winter vacations and then they don't come back until that is also month. a good point. Yeah. By the way, I'm Kwani. That's Paris, and this is the official review podcast. It's a new year, but same podcast. And I hope you have tuned in. Well, obviously you tuned in because you're listening right now, and we got a lot to talk about. There's so much that's happened. Where do we start, Paris? Hey, it's cold. Well, first of yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about this cold a weather. Um, so Up here first things first, I hate the cold. Yes. Um, anything below like 30 is a lot for me. So I've been struggling. Only um, 30? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went home to North Carolina, Greensboro to be specific. It was one day before Christmas, it was 65 degrees, and I was like... Wow, that sounds beautiful oh right God. now. It was so great. And then I heard here that it snowed on Christmas. I wasn't here, thankfully, for that. I didn't miss it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it snowed here last week. We had the the good old bombogenesis, or bomb cyclone, is what a lot of people were calling it. And we got a bunch of snow. It was the first time I shoveled my car out of the snow, and Ooh. I was really dreading it. Mm. But I did In your life? In my life. I have mm. never shoveled snow, ever. Um, so I went out there and I was like, this is going to be really hard, but I'm going to get through it. (laughs) Felt like I was climbing Mount Everest, but it actually wasn't that bad. And then today when I actually drove my car, I was just like, yeah. Do you feel good about it? I felt really good about it. Hmm. I like threw the shovel in the ground <laughs> As you when were I was done. done. Yeah, and I'm really dramatically. And no one was there to see you do no, it. No, <laughs> because this was so it snowed on Thursday, and a sensible person would have shoveled their car out like Thursday night, Friday morning. See, I waited till Friday night. You say sensible, but it depends on your circumstance. For example, like my car is parked behind our house in a little garage area, and so the landlord didn't even like order the tow trucks or the tow trucks, the shoveling company to like come out. So my car was stuck there for a full 24 hours. Wow. And I couldn't even say, like, I'm glad I didn't have work because I wouldn't have made it. Or I had to Uber or something. Right. Because he just wouldn't budge. He was like, they're coming tomorrow. He likes waiting until the snow is, like, completely done. But it's still a mess. I had to clean my car off. And it was just as terrible as having to shovel it out, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, my car is probably not going to be clean, clean until May. Mm-hmm. Because the thing disgusting. is, we have all the snow piled up, and it's going to snow again. And it's one, like one degree. <laughs> it was one degree outside that day. Yeah. Now it's 17 degrees. It, uh. <laughs> I just can't. This Welcome to beautiful, warm New England. So imagine <laughs> if it was that cold outside, but you love sneakers so much that you would you brave the cold for something that you loved? For something that I loved, it depends on what it is. It mm. really does. For a pair of sneakers, now, I'm not a sneakerhead, so I wouldn't be out waiting in the line in the cold um, for a pair of sneakers, but that's what hundreds of people in Boston and surrounding um, did the other day during the sneakeasy that yeah. was put on by Foot Locker. Which is so funny because I got the email for this sneakeasy had no idea what it was and then as we were having our production meeting you guys bring it up so nike and Foot Locker they collaborated 
with for a House of Hoops presentation. I thought the name was really clever, Sneak Easy. Like, I was actually honored to be able to get an invite because I was like, I'm not a sneakerhead, but like if I had time, I'd go. But I'm working, so I'm not going. And it was actually free to RSVP. They like told me that I had to reserve my limited tickets, blah, blah, blah. Turns out a lot of people got that invite, so I wasn't the only VIP. And like you said, there were a, a line around the city basically trying to get in, and people were told at one point, like, hey, yeah, sorry, they're sold out. Right, and I, I mean, it seems that the whole idea of making this so exclusive is creating this really um, tight-knit club among these sneakerheads and saying, okay, so you're a sneaker aficionado, and, like, you are so you're a VIP. We want to invite you to this thing along with your other fellow sneakerheads which okay, it's not like 25 people. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Hundred, There's it's a lot of people, people and yeah. they all show up. And not only did you have them wait in the cold, but then you shut down the pop-up an hour after it opened up, exactly. which is just like a slap in the face to the all these people. A lot of times these people who save up all their money just so they can buy these sneakers exactly. now people it are going to debate cold. right people are going to debate whether or not they should be using their hard-earned money just to buy sneakers but if you love something that much if you're a collector of sneakers which mm-hmm. my brother is he's a sneakerhead, mm-hmm. you know that is it's your thing and so these things are really important to you um and like you mentioned the violence and the lengths that people go to to get these sneakers and the bleacher report came out with this article and it started off with this this guy talking about um, a time he was stabbed for, I think he was stabbed, yeah, for, and um, there he was like, you know, blood was like pumping out of his. It's like a Black Friday sale, yeah. For sneaker, but every week, whenever a new sneaker is released, yeah, it's crazy, and it's it's like he, you know, he was like, "Am I really gonna die over a pair of sneakers?" And it's just like the way that these sneaker releases operate. Yes, they're really exclusive. That kind of makes it cool. But then it's like you have people literally fighting over these sneakers and you can make more. You can make more available. Their lives are way more valuable than that. Yeah, and you can do things. And because that particular article was talking about um, like what these mobile apps and what things like these these sneak easies can do to make that better. Which which I think is a, a good thing that people have thought about. Hey, why don't we just do this online? Yeah, so the totally. art of online being a way of keeping people alive. Right. This um, article also touched on, and this is something that I think about a lot, is how these companies who make these sneakers and how these sneakers are made, the style of them is often borrowed from the culture where a lot of the people who buy them come from. The the people. What do you who, mean? Where they come from? So essentially, urban culture, oh, okay. um, which sometimes can be translated into black culture, mm-hmm. um, but not always. And but you know, an inner city style and how people dress and the sneakers are kind of designed to fit those styles and a lot of they're priced at a a range where people shouldn't be able to afford them they they can't afford them because they're willing to take out of money for other things that may be essentials right but they'll buy the sneakers right and i mean and you and urban doesn't necessarily mean low income um but sometimes it does and for these people, you know, who are saving up their money and wanting to go buy these sneakers because they matter so much to them, for you to, to like, close down a pop-up an hour after it opens, after people have been standing in the cold, or for you to not have enough sneakers available and which results in people fighting over them, people getting hurt and sometimes killed over them, even though I don't know how exactly how many instances where people have actually died, but that is a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, you could be doing more to give back to this community that you have borrowed from and that to make such a successful mm-hmm. and lucrative industry. And you make so much money off of this community, like, that's the least you can do, as you said. 
because you, like you said, you'll have these black kids standing in line for hours just to get these sneakers. And then the big corporation doesn't really appreciate the fact that the black dollar is what's driving their business, but there they are standing in one degree weather to get sneakers that they never end up seeing or just getting ripped, like, you know, resold for way more than they should even be able to afford as well. Right. And yeah. And I mean, at the core, you could just lower the price for the sneakers, but I mean, especially considering how some of them are made by people who are not really getting exactly. that much money in the first place. Child labor in China. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we don't, we won't talk. We won't yeah, go for into another, too much detail about another topic that. for another day. <sighs> you know, but I hope that, you know, things start to change around the sneaker culture and that with technology and with um, a lot of these sneaker apps and even with things like these sneak easies that it can be better and that we can find a better way to get people these connoisseurs the things that they love um, and to help them get them safely and give Mm -hmm. everyone an opportunity you mentioned earlier that the corporations don't really feel the need to make things better what exactly did you mean Mm -hmm. by that well i i don't know that they do they might and they might be strategizing ways you know and to fit that kind of within their corporate social responsibility as to how we can we can do this better but you I mean the way that people consume sneakers? Yeah, the way that they, they purchase, purchase them, them yeah. and the way that they get them and how many are available. And But I don't know that... I haven't seen any evidence of that coming to fruition. Um, I mean, it's like it could be things... There's a whole sneaker business, Tom's, based off of, okay, we someone buys a pair of sneakers, we give a pair of sneakers away to a child in need. And so this might not be the same because we do live in a first world country where if someone buys a pair of sneakers here... But we still have people who are living in poverty who might would like to have a pair of sneakers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that could be happening. I mean, you could make it, you could make more sneakers <laughs> and like issue more sneakers. And But I think that's kind of part of the hype is, and kind of what these corporations might be feeding into is, okay, like, um, we have a limited number of sneakers. We know that that's going to make more people come by. Then we can jack up the prices so that more, so that, you know, it's classic supply and demand. But uh, is that so ethical? Do the ethics matter? Well, why would it? When but big businesses are making their money. They don't care about that. It's interesting you bring that up. I remember reading this past week about a shoe company that's actually making shoes that can extend. I think it's said up to like 10 sizes. And obviously they are, they're sending them to countries where people don't have shoes. And so something as simple as that obviously the sneakers that they make for show when you think about it here in the United States, people wear them and they, you know, make sure they're clean and that's how, you know, you keep it in the box and that's what it's for. But maybe like you said, the way Tom's doing it, they can make a more practical shoe for people in these third world countries that actually need shoes that can last them and be sustainable. But the reality is all the sneakers they make usually aren't built to last. No. And I mean, there's some people like, I don't know if you remember, um, Starbury, Stefan Marbury's oh, yeah, line, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. which was very affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there were stores, there was one store in particular that sold it, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but those were affordable sneakers. And so maybe it's, okay, we make, if some, maybe it's the athletes who step forward and say, I'm going to make, there's more people like Stefan Marbury who step mm-hmm. forward and say, I'm going to make affordable sneakers yeah. for people so that everyone can have a piece of this. And I'm going to make them just as nice mm-hmm. as the $100 sneakers so that nobody feels like, oh, ha, you wear Starberries, yeah. like whatever, you know, you're not as cool. Which is a great point because a lot of times you have kids who don't, they can't afford these nice sneakers 
and they're bullied at school or made fun of because they're wearing Skechers. And the reality is that their parents can afford it. That's the most practical thing that they can have. And you have sneakers being used as like a status icon when in reality, sometimes it isn't because you bought those $150 sneakers, but what did you have for dinner? Mm. So it, it goes back to like the cycle of, you know, poverty and showing off, but you're still poor but you're acting like you're not poor. It's like mm-hmm. they say, like rich people dress poor and poor people try to dress them up themselves up to the point where people mm-hmm. think they have money when in reality they don't. Right. And I, my friends and I were talking about this. It kind of feels like our society, our generation specifically is becoming one of status and of one of what are you showing off? What do how you many have? followers do you have? Yeah. How many likes did you get? Yeah. What kind of access do you have? Who do mm-hmm. you know? You need to watch Black Mirror. You need to watch need Black to. Mirror. That's next on the list, y'all. This episode. <laughs> I have recently become a, a binge watcher. I was never like that before. I like would do it in stints. Like I binge watch Breaking Bad, but yeah. I, w- I took me a year and a half to finish it because I would watch like six episodes in a row that I wouldn't watch it for six months. So, um, watch so Black Mirror, watch the episode, nosedive. Yeah. That is literally everything that we just talked about. My yes. Drop. Any shows anyone has to recommend, <laughs> let me know. Because I'm going to be running. It's cold. It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Pierce, he is retiring and his jersey retire. His jersey retirement ceremony will happen on February 11th in TD Garden. Be there, be square. Um, I'll be there. <laughs> I hope I'll be there. <laughs> um, She's going to be square. I'm going to try to be there and not be square. Yeah. But um, but there's a little bit of controversy happening with another former Celtics player. Who that? Uh, why don't you guess? <laughs> um, is he? Uh... Let me give you some hints. Let me give you some hints. How tall is he? Okay. Off <laughs> um, the top of my head, actually, I want to say five. Ten. I'm convinced that he's five foot five. Okay, shorter. five NBA, something. NBA players lie, and I've stood in front of him. Uh, he's listed <laughs> as five nine. I know it's a lie because yeah. I was wearing like little heels that day, and I was right in front of him. And we were the same height. <laughs> I mean, it happens with a pair of sneakers on. That adds another maybe inch. Yeah, I had like what did I have? Maybe like a little wedge, and I'm five two. So if that wedge gave me three inches, I was about five five. Looking Isaiah Thomas in the eyes. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's the... Oh, I guessed it. It's Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it. Ding, ding, ding. You win a prize. <laughs> I so, actually don't have any prizes. Sorry. So, Isaiah Thomas, he came to Boston. He So, he's been injured with that... You know, he's had a hip injury for a while now. Got traded in that big old controversial trade that we're still talking about. And he is very, 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 very much bitter about to this day. And he came to Boston on January 3rd, the day, the second day after his NBA season debut for the 2017-2018 season. But his family wasn't with him. And that was his first day back at the TD Garden. But he told the Celtics that he wanted a video tribute to be given to him the next time that he came to Boston, which would be on February 11th. And Paul Pierce did not take very much to liking that comment because on a national television show the jump he was talking about how as much as Isaiah Thomas may have done for the Celtics he Paul Pierce has given 15 years to that franchise and the best 15 years the of best his life 15 years and he was saying when he went to Kobe Bryant's retirement ceremony which was in December 
every commercial, every lull in the game, they had video tributes to Kobe. Kobe spent 20 years on the Lakers, and they they retired both his numbers as well, 8 and 24, but they made sure that that entire night was dedicated to Kobe Bryant. Paul Pierce gave 15 years to the Celtics, you know, similar amount of time period, a long time for an NBA player, especially when you think about the way the NBA is now and how players are traded very often. He wants the same kind of respect given to him. And the reality is that Isaiah Thomas wasn't with the Celtics that long. Yes, he did give his heart out to the team and bore a lot for someone who, you know, it, it could be considered a temporary player. He gave a lot to the team. So now people are arguing on both ends. They will, hey, Isaiah Thomas deserved this. You mentioned earlier, what was your theory about the Celtics ownership? <laughs> yeah, that they, they feel a little guilty for what they did to Isaiah Thomas and are trying to, to make it up to him. I think Which that's could true. Very, be, be very possible. Yeah. Um, but then true. there's two. It's some people would say that Isaiah Thomas just needs to move on because it's not like he is saying no. You shouldn't feel guilty um, because that's part of his argument for why he sh they should be doing the tribute. And it's so interesting how he still kind of has a little bit of the oh, reins cool. on him. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you don't you don't get to go here. You anymore. don't even <laughs> exactly <laughs> literally. <laughs> but that, like you said, the guilt trip thing. If I traded someone and they felt bad, you know, they, they're still... He has the Book of Isaiah a documentary that he's been putting on the Players' Tribune. In almost every episode, he finds a way to bring up the trade, why he was traded, when he found out. He was saying how he was on his anniversary with his wife on vacation. Comes back to the call from Danny Ainge. So he's very much bitter about it. So he's going to make sure that they know he is not happy with them. But he's with the Cavs, living the dream, living the life, hanging out with LeBron, Gabrielle Union. Like, you're winning, bro. Why are you still mad? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I I guess, you know, you, you cut me really deep and it's going to hurt for a while. It's hard. It's hard to, you know, just move on from that and not feel some type of animosity. Which I, I can imagine. Yeah, I can't be. We can't. It, you can't even begin to imagine how it would feel to give your heart to a city play after the death of your sister and go through all of that and, and just be thrown away like a business. You become a business decision, which is why I like, I, as much as I can't get mad at him for being upset, it's like, again, he knew what he signed up for. He knew the reality of the business. He knew that it was cutthroat and Danny's going to do what Danny has to do. And, and Danny obviously is getting all the slack for it, but that's how all the owners are. This happened to be more significant because of the circumstances around the trade. And people forget he he got traded with Jay Crowder as well. Jay Crowder had lost his mother the day he got traded too. So that's the reality of how this business works. And I don't like it. It's not humane at all, but it happened. So how long does it take for one to move on from it? But I guess until then, he's going to continue to pull the reins, like you said, and use that to his advantage, which is kind of scary. Yeah. It'll be an interesting day, interesting night. Yeah, I hope Paul 11. Pierce doesn't feel cheated because he did give a lot to the city, but Isaiah Thomas' family will be there, so I hope that he does get to feel the love that he want he wanted. I, at the game on the third, he actually got a standing ovation, but he also got booed as well, which was very confusing because he walked out, and I, I look in the at the Cavs bench, and I hear 
like booing, but then I hear cheering, and I was I was like confused. And I see Isaiah walking to the bench, and he's like standing in front of the bench as if he's like orchestrating a, a choir, but it's really the crowd behind them. And then they started cheering, so I was like, maybe some people were just confused, but for the most part, people love him. They put him on the jumbotron. The entire arena, for the most part, stood up for him. He he will always be loved in Boston, but I think that trade is something that's going to go down in Celtics history as was it worth it? Like if the Celtics win this year, was it worth it? If they don't win, was it worth it? They're always going to try to figure out was trading Isaiah Thomas the best decision, which I still love the storyline of the fact that Kyrie and Isaiah were in the same draft, which we talked about in the earlier episode, which is crazy. Like it, which is also weird because at the end of the game, they hugged the two of them. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, they, I guess they've been through it together with the draft, but I didn't realize like they had that much of a bond that the hug seemed really deep, like came from the heart. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've always found the relationship between them somewhat interesting because when they played um, in one of the playoff games when the Celtics or when the Cavs came here, mm-hmm. like they were like mouthing off with each other. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like that's just how it's it is. Basketball. Yeah. You trash just, talk. Yeah, it's like on the court we trash talk whatever, but then you know off with most of the time cool yeah which like is not how the nba was before because if you were a laker in the 80s and you were a celtic in the 80s you were not talking to anyone on either team right. because the rivalries were still, like literally hatred which is scary yeah <laughs> like actual hate in their blood know. it's um i was so i went to the bulls wizards game when i was in dc last mm-hmm. week this is kind of a one um off topic mm-hmm. kind of but two of the players on the bulls teams whose names i can't remember but they got in some beef oh yeah, yeah yeah miritich and um what's his name yeah miritich they, and like, bobby portis yes and they uh got into it and now they don't talk no nope, like the only time they talk is when they're on the court nope <laughs> hey, whatever but they, they but they play really the crazy yeah. part is that they've had really good chemistry ever since they've come back from that fight which is crazy that they don't acknowledge each other in right. the locker room at all. Like, Meritage will be here. Portis will be there. I, I, I was talking to one of the Bulls reporters, and he was telling me the same thing. Like, they will not not acknowledge each other at all. Which is crazy. That's the NBA for you. Beef everywhere. Mm. No chicken. Mm. Mic drop. <laughs> My dad jokes are becoming out of hand, to be honest. I think I need to stop. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's all we have for this week's episode. Happy New Year to the folks. What else are we talking about? The All-Star game. Sorry, (laughs) false alarm. We got to talk about the All-Star voting. We won't be long. But this is very, very important because the future may depend on this. Let them know, Paris. Okay, so if (laughs) you might know, you should know, the All-Star game is coming up soon. Exciting. Um, All-Star Weekend is going to be popping, I'm sure. But so there's they've changed the way the voting system for the All-Star game. So it used to be that fans were the only ones who voted. Um, but now it's fans, players, and selected members of the media. Um, and I'm assuming it's members of the media with a certain amount of credentials. Yeah. Not uh, a blogger in the basement for I love the Celtics.com. Right. That would be considered a fan. <laughs> go get you your can fan go vote on. on Twitter and use the hashtag. NBA right. Vote. Don't be out here perpetrating. <laughs> um, because 
honestly, as a fan, you get more perks voting anyway. You that can vote true. multiple times. Too many times. Right? Like 10 times per day. Seriously. Um, Alexa. People, ele- you can vote via Alexa. If you have Alexa or Google Home, you can just be like, yo, Alexa, today. I want to vote for blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, bet. And then it logs it. Yeah. Which is wild to think about. Some program some voice software is literally listening to your voice also listening to everything you say but that's beyond the point and just telling your vote based on what you said to a little software yeah which is mind-blowing to think about the way our technology has evolved because voting used to just happen in a booth and now it's happening literally everywhere that's true um I don't know. It's an interesting way. It's an interesting use of technology. I think a good way too, because it's really accessible for people who do have Alexa. Um, interactive. It's a good way to get people involved in something using technology, but not to isolate people from mm-hmm. one another. Like bringing them, bring it to where they are. And you were mentioning how Alexa's also starting to bring news to people. Yeah, totally. Um, so she she is going to be able to give you news headlines, but she are, you can say, hey, Alexa, like, what are the news headlines of the day? She'll just go through them. Um, I think it's a certain point, if she's not doing this already, then she will tell you news, but not necessarily tell you where the news is coming from, or at hmm. least where certain aspects of the news like are the coming Facebook from. Like the Facebook effect. Yeah, which is worrisome, concerning, yeah. because um, for credibility and variability issue, or Fake news. Um, issues, concerns, yes. But in terms of the all-star game, all-star voting, that'll be interesting. I would love to know the numbers from how many people are using Alexa to vote um, when, it, when it's all said and done. But yes, but if you vote as a fan, you get multiple votes per day. You can vote in many different ways. Um, and the fan vote is going to count for 50% of the vote. So mm-hmm. you come out better if you're voting that way anyway. So don't be sad if they didn't ask you to vote as a member of the media. It's okay. <laughs> um, because players and members of the media only get 25% of the vote each anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, players can vote for themselves, which is okay. Yeah, but I, I like that <laughs> idea. I, I think I just like the idea of the media and the players being able to vote. Because I think in the in past years, that was an issue with the players. They would say, you have all these fans voting based on a popularity contest. And most of the, the really good players aren't getting voted for because no one's watching them. Meanwhile, you have the media who or they attend every game. You have the players who watch film. They know their competitors. They know who is good in the league. And so despite the fact that everyone could hypothetically vote for themselves and that'd be okay. But the reality is that you are going to have the players who know hey, I play for the Raptors, but Kyrie Irving's really good. I'm going to vote for Kyrie, even though DeMar DeRozan is my guard. They know who is really good, and that I think that's what brings credibility to the All-Star game because you have these players voting and the, the experts being, their opinion being put as well instead of just having a popularity contest. They released the first the first bout of numbers showing who got voted for this season so far, and... For the Eastern Conference front court, you have Giannis, who plays for the Bucks, and he is—he's not too far ahead of LeBron James, who obviously is considered the best. But Giannis has had such a breakout season, and last season he played really well too. But people are starting to notice him, so now they're starting to take note that he's a good player. When you look at the Eastern Conference and the guards in the Eastern Conference, you have Kyrie Irving who his vote, which really threw me off guard because Kyrie 
had 802,834 votes, but he had way more votes than DeMar DeRozan, who came in second in the, the Eastern Conference regards. So you have all the news focusing on the Celtics and the trade and how much is go all the activity, the 16-game win, win streak. We know that this team is playing really well. So people are going to watch the Celtics because they want to see how Kyrie is doing when Toronto is pretty good as well. DeMar DeRozan is leading that team, but he's not getting as many votes. You have the Pacers. You have Ben Simmons, who's done really well. He actually, the fact that he's on this list is, is pretty impressive because this is considered his rookie year. But the order of which you look at these players, you look at Dwayne Wade and Isaiah Thomas are in the all-star votes right now. Isaiah Thomas just started playing last week, this week, really. And he already is number seven in Eastern Conference guards. So, again, it's it's a popularity contest. People want to see the player that they like. It's fan favorite. People love Dwayne Wade, but the reality is that Father Prime has hit him, and it, <laughs> he is not the way that he used to be back in Miami. So people are going to vote for who they love, and that's, I think, what makes it better to just have media members, experts, who is going to be a good player, who is going to make this game competitive because – the all-star game has always been considered a joke because it's not competitive. Maybe this year it will be. Yeah, maybe so. We'll see. I'm here for it. I'm excited. I'm excited for the dunk contest. I'm excited to see game. if Kyrie Irving wins the Eastern Conference and ends up being named the captain, mm. who he picks, because you know how all that drama surrounding the fact that him and mm. LeBron may not be friends anymore, all this speculation. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. the thing. That was the article I was looking for because they're gonna pick cap. They're gonna have captains, yeah, and then the captains, captains will be pick able the to team. Pick. It's like freaking high school dodgeball right, again. Exactly. So who it's do you like, want in your team? Is it that the the captains are who names the captains? The captains is the person who gets the most the votes. most votes. The and top the, two from mm-hmm. each. Uh, conference. conference and then they pick based on who yeah, else got. But they don't have to pick someone in their conference. Right. So right. Kyrie Irving could end up picking James Harden in James Harden's in the Western Conference. I mean, who do you think the captains are going to be? Definitely Kyrie and LeBron. No, that's or... not. That's the thing. It's well, not. No, they can't I mean, they're in the same conference. No, they. No? So say that both Kyrie and LeBron get the top two. Mm-hmm. They well, can't be, be interesting both too, be captains because they're both in the Eastern Conference. Or is it that it doesn't matter which conference you're in, just whoever is top that has the so, top no, two numbers. No, one captain will be picked from each conference. Okay, but then the players on their team don't necessarily have to be right. in their in their conference. So in that case, Kyrie and LeBron can't both be captains. No. So, okay. But if Kyrie becomes a captain, he might not pick LeBron or vice versa. The leading vote getter in each conference will captain the each team. Like, what's, if it's Giannis, he's the Eastern Conference captain. If it's James Harden or Seth Curry or someone in the West Conference, they're the captain. And then they're the ones who get to draft the pool of players for their team. Again, they don't have to be within their conference. But the leader of each team is going to be – there's only going to be one leader from each conference. Sounds really confusing. But basically one Eastern Conference captain, one Western Conference captain, the team could end up being a variety of each team. So then I wonder what they're going to call them. It won't be East and West. It'll be mm. like best I think they did West. say that they're gonna name them best like, and worst, <laughs> best and maybe better. they'll do it by color or <laughs> something. Blue and red. <sighs> so I don't, yeah, that's <laughs> very interesting. That's I, that's the part I don't like about the yeah because I, I like that it's East versus West. But I mean, you know, yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited to see the how the voting ends up and who wins because. 
I am going to win in the end. <laughs> the, 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 the viewers win. The viewers <laughs> are the right. winners. That's the, 50%. The, that's the point. How? <laughs> so now we can really wrap up, right? Can yes, we, we can. We Sorry can. for the false alarm before. It's all right. It's all good. So thank you all for listening. Um, and we wish you all a very happy new year. And <laughs> she going to keep that saying that until February. You, yeah, I'm saying happy new year <laughs> until the end of the month. Um, and then I'll transition. So, so happy birthday, Kwani, because my birthday's in February. Exactly. <laughs> see? See? Um, so, yeah, we hope that you all are excited about this year and all the different sports things that will be happening. I think it'll be probably a big year for sports. As it all, It's always a big year mm-hmm. for sports, it you is. know? Mm. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Official Rev Pod on all social media platforms. Subscribe on Google Play and iTunes. And tune in again.